0: This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media. Today.
1: Today. Today.
0: Today with Jeff Finds.
1: We are taking the gospel to the world,
0: pastor, apologist, and Bible teacher.
1: One truth that will be delivered in love and compassion, connecting every one person to all that God has promised them.
0: Today. Today, today with Jeff Fines. Welcome back to Today with Jeff Finds. My name is Aaron, and in this episode, we're finishing a message that we started last time from Pastor Jeff. He's been looking at the life of Matthew and how he drifted into being a tax collector. Now you and I can find ourselves drifting in our own lives, or Pastor Jeff presents a new way of looking at the world where we can make daily decisions to move towards God. Let's hear the rest of this message now. Here's Pastor Jeff.
1: Now, let me tell you how powerful this is. I've learned something from my kids. You cannot build somebody else's house for them. I can pray with my kids. I can read the Bible with my kids. I can point them in paths of righteousness but I cannot build their house. And there are too many of you parents who are beating yourself up because your kids took a path that is to their detriment and you need to stop it because you cannot make a choice for them. They have to decide. And you're saying, well, I should have been a perfect parent. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a perfect. Every parent makes some mistakes. Stop beating yourself up. Stop it. They have to make a decision. They have to build their own house. You cannot build it for them. Every, every, absolutely every decision you make or do not make builds or constructs your life. And it's profound, folks, because that leads to the second thing Matthew would have thought about. The big bad wolf visits everybody. Everyone faces a storm. Come on now. If there would have been six houses and three little piggies, wolf would have gone to all six. That's what the wolf does. He's a house destroyer. It's his forte. It's his gift. Destroy the house. And everybody gets to choose. Jesus underscores it in a very powerful way. He says in his story that the rains will come down and the floods will come up. And remember the winds beat against it? It's Jesus' language of there's going to come a time in all your lives that you're going to get hit from every side. You know, how often do you say, man, I can't believe, you know, when it rains, it pours. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You know, if if you've ever been through a, a rainstorm in a place like New Zealand, you get hit from every side. The rain's coming down, but it's also bouncing so hard it's coming up. And the wind blows and it comes out every side. When the big bad wolf visits, you'll remember what Jesus said in John 10. If you live life his way, The abundant life will be yours and even when the storms of life come, you're gonna be okay. But if you demand to live life your way and there are some areas of your life that you've refused to give to God, there's no such thing as neutrality. Those areas are giving the evil one a foothold and he moves in to destroy you from the inside out. You with me? The abundant life is yours. Here's the rub though. Here's the problem. Stay with me now. Here's the problem. Let me illustrate it like this. When our children get caught doing something they should not have done and you talk to them about it, what is their standard answer when you ask them, son, why did you do that? Three words. I don't know. Right? It's like before they were born, they were taken up in some part of heaven and they were told, look, when you get down to planet Earth, you're going to get asked a lot of questions. Stick with the standard answer. I don't know. Just say that. I don't know. Anything beyond that is going to get you in trouble. And so my son Delaney When he was a little boy, Delaney, why did you leave your bike under the car? I don't know. Why did you play house with your sister, nominate yourself as the father, and give her a spanking? Why did you do that? I don't know. Why did you throw rocks at the new car, Delaney? I don't know. Why did you suck spaghetti noodles up your nose, son? I don't know. Why did you put honey in your sister's hair? I don't know. Why did you pour salt in your sister's Kool-Aid when she wasn't looking? I don't know. I don't know. Standard answer, I don't know. And the problem is, most of us never outgrow it. No kid sets out to do something stupid at the time. It seems like a good idea. But he drifts into it. In the same way, I don't know any adult that says, here's some sand, let's build a house. It's something that you drift into. Matthew drifted into being a tax collector. No way you would have wanted to do that as a little Jewish boy. But over time, he kept making choices that were easy And he found himself drifting into this and he knew to change would require too much effort. He chose the path of self-aggrandizement, the path of least resistance, not understanding ultimately where it would lead him. Nobody in this life that I've ever met that's in my office for counseling or whatever, no one says, I hope that I can have a mediocre life when I grow up. That's what I'm after. I hope that I can make some bad decisions right now that will lead to destruction in my life. That's what I want to do. I don't mean somebody that says, you know I want to walk down the aisle and get married and divorce three years later. Nobody says that. I hope that I can nurse this grudge so that I can become a bitter and angry person and nobody will like me. Or, or I've never met anybody that said, you know, I hope that if I click on this website, I'll become addicted to pornography and it will ruin my opportunity of relationship in the future. Nobody says, you know, I think I'm going to smoke pot and then move on to more advanced drugs so that I'll become addicted and end up in a hospital. <laughs> you don't say that. What Jesus is doing in this, it's not so much telling you that there's a wrong foundation and a right one as it is the cavalier attitude with which most of us approach our lives. We think our, our daily decisions will not affect what happens tomorrow. Jesus is saying, you're so wrong. You've got to be intentional about this. It's not enough to receive information. Knowledge is not enough. Choices are important. You've got to act on what you actually hear. I think, how many of you really hear something and you do more than say, man, I enjoyed that. But that's it. That's it. Jesus says, look, this is not a nice little talk I'm giving you. you got to do something with the knowledge I'm giving you. you got to actually build into your marriage or you'll stray. you got to build into your kids or they'll stray. you got to decide that you're going to be a person of honesty and integrity. Because the way of the world does not move toward God. It moves away from him. So if you do nothing, that's doing something. There's no neutrality. Let me, let me give you an example. Is Dane Johnson around? Dane's here. I'm going to play tug of war with Dane. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I got a rope. Can you see? I got a rope. Let's move out here a little bit. And I've been wanting to play tug of war for this guy. I'm going to just, we're going to tug on both sides. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to show this guy right now. Okay, I'm tired of his bullying. All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to try? Yes. Are you going to try? Probably not. Okay. All right. Okay. You're not trying. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to really try. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wake me up. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. One, two, three. You're not trying, Dane. Okay. I'm really going to try. That's all I got. That's all I got. (laughs) I've been fighting the urge to let go on the rope. (laughs) Thank you, Dane. Yeah. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm not stupid enough to believe that I could win a tug of war with Dane. Uh, You think Dane's got power? You got no idea what the devil's capable of doing. If I don't resist, there is a tug on me 24 hours a day. I was speaking in Atlanta, Georgia last weekend, and then on to, to a place called Joplin, Missouri. Ever been to Joplin? When you go to Joplin, you thank God you live in Southern California. <laughs> I mean, so cold. And I just remember how wonderful it is to live here. But, but uh, there was a pastor there. I'm not going to use his name in Atlanta. And after I spoke... Uh, there's a couple of the leadership team that uh, wanted to take me out to lunch and just pick my brain on some things. So we go out to lunch, and there's never such a thing as a free lunch, you know. It's not really free. I was more tired after picking my brain than I was during the message, but there was a pastor there. I remembered his name. He's 84 years old now. And as we're walking out of the restaurant, he pulls me aside. And he says, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Jeff, I loved your message. Thank you for coming. I need to give you some advice. I said, yeah, what is it? I think I'm going to get this spiritual advice, you know, biblical reverence. He says, Jeff, watch your back. This guy had 21 years of fruitful ministry and then had an affair with a secretary and it ruined his ministry. He still has an incredible gift to preach, but he's lost his he lost his above reproach, and he said to me, "Jeff, watch your back." He said, "I never thought I'd do something, thought I did, but I got arrogant and prideful and not accountable, and this is where it ended up. He was weeping, and his wife was weeping behind me. He restored his marriage. But there are some things we do that it's incredibly difficult to recover from, isn't there? The world is not pulling you toward God. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says there are two ways. There's the broad way that leads to destruction. And he says, many go into it. It's a word about flow. Everybody just flows into it. There's no intentionality. But there's a narrow way. And the narrow way, he says, few find it. It's a Greek word, uh, eureka, which means what? I found it. But the assumption is that you found it because you were pursuing it. So, the two different ways of life is non intentionality, just neutral, and the other great intentionality, trying to find the way. And I'm saying this to you Jesus says this is not just a nice little talk. Therefore, he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Matthew got it suddenly. He didn't have to drift anymore, he didn't have to stay on this road. He could make a change. That the power of decision is the greatest power you have in your life other than the Spirit of God. That you can decide that tomorrow will be different than today. In any area of your life, you can decide. It's, listen, you can decide where you want to be when you're 30, 40, 50. But direction, not intention, determines destination. You've got to get on the road that's going to lead to that. My basketball coach in high school walked into the, onto the basketball court. He said, Jeff, I want to see you in my office after practice. It was my sophomore year. And I came into his office. He said, look, I know what you're after. I said, what? You know, when you're 16. What do you want after? He said, I know you want to go to college. I know you come from a poor family, and I know you probably won't be able to do that. I had three brothers. There are four of us. I was the only one that went to college. And basically, it was because of being able to afford it. And coach said to me, Jeff, I believe that if you do what I'm asking you to do and you work hard, I believe you can go to college on a scholarship. Now, you may not be an NBA superstar any day, but you can go to college. And he laid out what I would have to do, and it was a plan. And I didn't like the plan. It was 6.30 every morning before school. I was in the weight room. After school, I was in the gym working on my jump shot or working on my quickness. And he spent a a lot of time one-on-one with me. I remember the summer after that conversation. I was just sitting on the couch watching TV. And I had the click, what alcoholics anonymous call the click. I thought, "Man, this is this couch is not going to get me where I need to be." And that moment made a decision. No, I'm changing direction right here. The power of decision. It clicked in my mind. People started calling me the gym rat cuz I was in the gym all the time. Man, I got to go to college to go to college. He's right. Do you know who this is? Anybody know who this is right here? Rosa Parks. Soft-spoken Sunday school teacher, seamstress, made a decision one day, I am not going to ride at the back of the bus. Put me in jail, arrest me, but this is not right. And because of her courage and the power of decision, she was able to change a nation, at least the course and the conscience of a nation, one woman. How about this? You know who this is? This is Bill Wilson, alcoholic. Came to a point in his life, said, I am never going to take another drink. That's it. I know I've said this a thousand times before and I've made all kinds of promises. This is different. I've experienced the click. I'm done with this. I'm changed. And I'm going to do whatever I have to do not to drink again. How, How long it takes me Whatever kind of help I have to get outside myself, whatever sacrifices I have to make, I am not going to drink again. And because of his commitment and the power of his decision, Alcoholics Anonymous was born, and now literally millions of men and women have been able to stop drinking because of the power of decision. Last one, a handsome guy. This is Martin Luther, the father of the Reformation, who stood before a tribunal and said, My conscience is captive to the word of God. You cannot tell me, he said, that salvation comes by works. Salvation comes by grace through faith. And if you kill me or don't kill me, he said, my my conscience is captive to the truth of God's word. He made a decision and the power of decision started a movement where people began to realize that we need to go back to the gospel, that salvation comes in Christ and Christ alone. And now you're part of that movement. You're part of that very movement. You say, okay, Jeff, we got it. (laughs) Okay, you hammer that, we got it. What do you want? Here's what I want. What area in your life has Jesus come to you and said, follow me, and you said, nah, no. And you think life is going to be good and your foundation is going to be strong. Some of you in this room, man, God has been after you for so long in sexual purity. What you look at, how you think, what you watch, what you're engaged in. And every time you fail, Jesus says, okay, follow me now. Just stop right now. Do you notice? We don't talk about Matthew as a tax collector much. Do you know why? Because that's not what he's known for. He's known as a follower of Jesus who changed the world. Why? Because in one moment, a power of choice and decision, everything changed And I'm telling you, no matter where you've been in the past, it takes one moment in time to say, I'm going here and I'm never going back. To invest in your marriage starting now. To invest in your children starting now. To say, I'm going to invest in my spiritual formation. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. And I've blown it this long, but you know what? Man, i got a plan in place. And in 10 years from now, I'm going to be a totally different person. And I'm going to know God in a way I've never known him before because I decide today, today, Make no mistake, Jesus says, no decision is in fact a decision for defeat. And in a room this large, statistics tell us somebody's having an affair. I don't look around and say, who is it? No, it's just an audience, this many people. And if you're here and you've started down that road, I'm asking you, call it off right now. Stop meeting her in private. Stop sending him texts and emails and going on Facebook, talking to your old boyfriend and girlfriend. Stop doing those things. Start spending time with your family and your kids. Stop cheating. Start becoming a person of integrity today. But I've blown it, Jeff. Okay, fine, just stop today. Stop now. Decide now that you're never going back. Have the click and say, I am going to be the person God wants me to be. No more footholds for the devil. No more apathetic approach to life. No more drifting. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Here's the truth. Whatever God calls you to do, he assumes the responsibility to give you the power to do it. He's just waiting on you to say, this is what I truly want. The power of decision, the power of choice. This is where I'm going. And God says, okay, if that's where you want to go, let me just unleash the powers of heaven to help you get there. But you've got to decide first. Over hundred years ago, there was a man by the name of Henry. He got tuberculosis. hundred years ago, so he knew or he was told he wasn't going to be able to fulfill his lifelong dream of being a preacher. He went to hear D.L. Moody preach. And after he heard D.L. Moody, the great preacher, preaching revival, he said, all right, Lord, if I can't be the preacher that I really wanted to be, then make me a businessman that can build your kingdom that way. His doctor said, if you're going to start a business, do one that's outside because of your tuberculosis. It's the only chance you have of healing. Seven years later, he was healed. He bought a piece of property, actually a rundown mill in Ravenna, Ohio, And within 10 years, Quaker Oats became a household name. Henry P. Crowell gave the majority of his income to the building of the kingdom of God. I'll bet you that you wondered, somewhere along the line, I think you said, you know, I like the series, the resistance, but man, for about two weeks there, you started to talk a lot about money. Why would we do that? Let me tell you why. Jesus talked more about your stuff more than any other topic. Do you know why he talked more about your stuff? Why, why? We say that all the time. We never say why. When, when my new coach took over as the coach of my high school basketball team, he introduced the very first day of practice, the very first day, didn't even bring the basketballs out. He brought this machine out called the jumper. You don't have it anymore, I don't think, probably because they learned it actually doesn't help you jump. It just breaks your back. But then we didn't know that. So coach came in, brought this machine in, we'd never seen it before, but it looked like it was straight out of hell. This looks like this from the devil right here and you'd get under it with your shoulders, and you'd go up and down, up and down, and you'd do this till you you were lightheaded, and then he would would rev it up. He would would tighten the resistance, and then it was harder to go up, but he made us do so many repetitions on each resistance level. By the end of that first day, half of us were throwing up, and the other half had passed out. And here's what he said to us when he gathered us up again. Young men, we're going to build a winning program here, but I got to tell you, the hardest thing you'll ever do under my coaching, you just did. It all gets easier from here. What a great illustration. If you can do this and not quit on me, you won't quit on me. You know what Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount? You know why he says, where well, your treasure is there, where your heart be also? Here's what Jesus, Jesus is saying. You know, if I've got your stuff, I got you. If you can start where the hardest place, and that's the hardest place for us. It is. Come on. That's the hardest point. We don't want to give up. We don't want to think that the first fruits of our life belong to God. I want to say to you, your first point, your starting point is to allow God to be sovereign over the area of your stuff, your time, your talent. If you get that done, that's the hardest. After that, things will fall into place. But if you're still struggling with that area, I'm telling you, until you have the courage to obey him and the faith fundamentals, it's going to be hard to obey him in other areas. What I'm really interested in, though, Is whatever area of your life that the Spirit of God brought to light while I was talking, pull the trigger, cowboy up, get her done. Whatever it is, I can't apply this. Only the Spirit of God can apply. Whatever it is, you knew it because you were thinking it while I was preaching. And I'm okay with that. Whatever it is, you have the power of decision. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. You can change your life. And as soon as you tell God that's what you want to do and you can't fool God and he knows you're serious, he releases the power and divine energy to get it done. But you've got to decide. Amen? All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the power of your word, for the power of this parable, that it is true that we've got to become more than hearers. We've soaked that up long enough now. We've actually got to do something about the issues in our lives. Father, thank you that we have a place of transparency here where we're able to confess our sins to each other, where the pastor is no better than the layperson, that a staff member is not any more holy than anybody else, that we're all in this together. We all have sin in our life. We all have issues in our life. This is not the perfect church. But Father, help us as we say that we have sin in our life to do it with a tear in our eyes, to wish that we didn't, and to listen to your voice when the fire of conviction comes to know that you do love us. And when we live within your parameters, the abundant life becomes ours. Whatever area of our lives, whatever part of the spiritual house we've not dedicated to you, I pray that our eyes would be open, that it's not neutral, it's going with the flow of the world. Whatever area that needs to be given over to you, I pray that we would have the courage and the power of decision to do it today. That our lives might be built on a foundation That when the storms come, we weather the storm and are even able to look out the window and notice the power and beauty of the storm and how it will actually refine us, not destroy us. That's my prayer for your people.
0: You've been listening to Today with Jeff Vines. Next time, we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for "Today with Jeff Finds" wherever you listen to podcasts. You make me wanna dance and sing with every single breath I breathe. I will bring this offering. You are my wonder. You the wonder Today. 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 Today with Jeff Finds.